This is Doyle. I'm sitting on Frog One. Welcome to the Category 3 Podcast. I am your host today, James Shergan, and I'm joined here by Meet Shaw. Meet, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. Frog 1, huh? Nice, yeah. nice. Are you Frog 2? Yeah. No, no. Did you... Are you picking your fi- feet? Did you pick your feet in Poughkeepsie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was... Yeah. So, French Connection. Yeah, for those that haven't figured it out yet, uh, French Connection. We are going back to the early 1970s, uh, going to be talking about this classic film. Um, so, real quickly, very short synopsis of this film. Uh, it tells the story of New York Police Department detectives Jimmy Popeye Doyle and Buddy Cloudy Rousseau, whose real-life counterparts were narcotics detectives Eddie Egan and Sonny Grosso in pursuit of wealthy French heroin smuggler Elaine Charnier. Charnier. I, I don't that's know. The, that's the actual actor, right? In the No, the, the oh, actual that... actor is Fernando Ray. Uh, oh, okay. Who, but Char- Charnier is the, the character. The character's name. Right. Okay. Um, so I actually saw this film a number of years ago, right when I was getting into movies. So I saw it almost 20 years ago uh, wow. in high school. Okay. Uh, but this is your first time watch, right? Yeah, I mean, this was uh, based on your recommendation, so... This is, uh, I haven't watched, I haven't wa- seen this movie before, or even heard about this movie, not not to, like, piss anybody off, but, yeah, I was just not aware of this movie. Yeah, well, um, what was your initial perception of it? This is probably the youngest I've seen Gene Hackman in any movie. I don't think I've seen Gene Hackman so young, uh, in his young, what, any of his younger day movies. But he kind of looks and, the same, doesn't he? <laughs> he's i want to say like you see him do a lot of the chase scenes and running around and he's very up and about like for a 40 year old uh he was i think he was close to 40 or yeah yeah 40 or 41 i mean did the movie gene hackman's someone that always looks between 40 and 50 (laughs) but i think he was actually 42 or 43 when he did yeah and for for like a yeah, I don't know. For like a forty year old I I was impressed of like how much he jumped around and ran around and and drove like right. ridiculous cars and yeah. I yeah. I mean not he didn't do all the stunts him by himself, I imagine. They had stuntmen. But like whatever I saw I was like I was impressed. Yeah. Was fairly spry younger man than I expected. Yeah, for sure. Even though like he he looks he, Gene Hackman is not going to you're not going to confuse him with an athlete no matter how young he is <laughs> like he just doesn't look he's not just like your traditional uh handsome athletic leading man <laughs> i mean we were talking a little bit earlier about bullet here uh yeah. which is steve mcqueen oh, yeah. and i i think one of the hugest differences between those films is the stars in them yeah. too it's like hackman versus mcqueen there's like such a huge difference in those yeah, two yeah yeah um uh bullet um Steve McQueen kind of, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot more stoic, a lot more sort of quiet and tacit, and then Gene Hackman's kind of loud, and uh, in this movie at least, he's super loud and very charming, and and 
uh, obviously ends up easily spouting out some racial slurs too at times. So, but but kind of a like a outgoing personality in the movie, right? So very very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, characters. Hackman is definitely one of the things that set this sets this film apart. Uh, so it's your first time watch. How did you end up liking the film? Did you like it? I liked it. I really enjoyed it. The both like yeah, it it kept like the pacing was really good. I thought, um, and then it goes from this kind of. Uh, detective uh, stakeout movie into a really good action movie in my opinion and there's a lot of raw cuts and um, it's a lot of fun to watch even the um, the shootout scenes um, were interesting the the yeah the the way things unfold were completely not expected in both situations Right, yeah, yeah, and I mean, this film kind of kicks off uh, uh, some of the 70s film movement. It's like, it won, this came out in 1971, I believe, uh, and uh, it won Best Picture in its year, and then the next year, uh, it was The Godfather, Um, and so sort of entering that golden age, that 70s golden era of Hollywood, where you get films like both The Godfathers, Uh uh, Taxi Driver, um, the Woody Allen films, things like that, so... Um, it's, uh, it's interesting, um, in that respect. Um, as far as a film goes, it cost, uh, it was a relatively low budget film, cost 1.8 million. Whoa. Grossed 75 million worldwide. Um. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you, we should do like some kind of, uh, rate of like worldwide return calculator and see where, where different films stack up. That's true. Pretty yeah. good uh, return on investment over there. Yeah. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, uh, and, and a few others. It, I think it won five Academy Awards, was nominated for eight. Um, wow. But I feel like, um, I mean, I, maybe this is like evidenced by the fact that you hadn't seen this film for the first time until recently. I feel like it does tend to get overlooked as far as some of these films, such huh. as like The Godfather or even Bullet, which you've seen yeah. before, but you, you hadn't seen French Connection or yeah. even heard of it, so... Uh, well, Bullet was also recommended by, by a specific friend, so obviously his love for Steve McQueen movies and car chase sequences is what kind of brought about me watching Bullet. Um, so, I mean, like, it, kind of like if you hadn't recommended French Connection, if the other friend hadn't re- recommended Bullet, I wouldn't have gone about watching Bullet either. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That makes but, sense. But I, I, I see your point. Um, definitely one of the more overlooked movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get into it a little bit. Um, uh, looking over some of my notes, uh, the film was directed by, um, William Friedkin, who is, uh, uh-huh. a director. He was pretty young when he made this film, uh, one of his earlier films. And he went on to direct, um, The Exorcist, uh, yeah. like a couple of years later, uh, okay. which I think also won Best Picture. Wow. Um, and, uh... What else would you be known for? You directed Sorcerer and Cruising, but I guess uh-huh. Exorcist and French Connection would probably be like his two biggest films that he's most well known for. Interesting. Um, and I don't have you seen The Exorcist? I have not seen the uh, well. I've seen The Exorcist, but I don't remember it very well. Right. I watched it as a kid, which I I pray to the audience and never 
Never ever let your kids watch The Exorcist. <laughs> what, uh, what at least age, at a young age. What what age would be appropriate for The Exorcist? Definitely not ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like what? probably I don't know, 15? like fifteen. Okay. What about and, this? And film? if they're into it, like I wasn't even into it, and I got drawn into watching Exorcist. But um, um, this one, I don't know. Um, probably eighteen. Is this rated R? I don't know I'm, if the I'm rating sure. system I was mean, pretty intact back then. But it was. And, it should I mean, be re-rated to yeah, R if it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it got an easy R. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of swearing and violence and even a little bit of nudity. Yeah. Uh, so it, it hits all the boxes as far as being uh, rated R. I so, wouldn't put it at NC-17 or anything, but it's still definitely... Yeah, yeah I mean like a solid R. R. It's, yeah. not, it's not pushing the limits that far. It's not yeah. like a clockwork orange or anything, but yeah. it's... Uh, it's a it's a solid R, um, but uh, Exorcist very different film than this film. So it kind of shows you sort of the range of the director. One year he's doing this, and a couple of years later he's doing The Exorcist. Um, but his previous background actually was more in um, he'd done some documentaries um, and hmm. stuff. And I think it kind of comes across in in how French Connection looks. Um, mm-hmm. What were what was kind of your impression of uh, I don't know just kind of the look and the feel of uh, of the film? Um, I thought it was very raw. I I really liked even in the beginning where you see a lot of cuts in Marseille, like you just it's the the characters are out and about on the street and they just put a camera and like you can easily watch them and stuff right. and like um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I imagine a lot of people maybe in the shots might not even know that they're in the movie and they just end up becoming like unknown extras or something at times. So definitely um, raw and not something you see in the movies today. Everything is very well staged and stuff. And this was just kind of right in the real world. Yeah, and I think you're right on about the raw uh, classification of it. It, I feel like... um, the documentary style uh, of just like pointing the camera and you can tell there's a lot of handheld shots in the film. Mm -hmm. Like this is not like a super beautiful film to look at. It's Mm -hmm. not like these have been like storyboarded shots with like super well backlit. This is like a lot of location shooting. And like, I feel like if you're looking at a film to sort of just capture like the griminess and grittiness of New York during the 1970s, this would maybe be towards the very top of your list. Um, right. Yeah. And it actually was nominated. I was a bit surprised for best cinematography, but it's not, this is not like your, your gorgeous cinematography that, that it's, it's going for this raw gritty look. Um, and, and that's kind of sort of the, the realm it lives in. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really cool that we get to see a lot of the, the streets of Marseilles, assuming that's, it is Marseilles. And it, it, it felt like I mean, it was like it was definitely somewhere right. in, not in the US when they show it yeah I just I've never been to Marcel and even if I go now I imagine yeah I don't know if I would recognize uh, a yeah. one-to-one uh, it, similarity after certainly 50 like years Europe. yeah 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 for sure Europe yeah and then uh, Brooklyn just right the streets and stuff yeah. so cool pre pre gentrified yeah. Brooklyn uh, so uh, you are running the tourism bureau of uh, Marseille or 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 uh, New York. Do you put this film on there? 
definitely not. <laughs> it's like whenever they show show the street views, it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's the gritty parts, and then also like, which I mean, I mean, Europe um, looked nice. Brooklyn, Brooklyn seemed nice, but then like the it's scenes of the guys getting chased, or or uh, you know, um, tra- tracked or something, right? So okay. Like, yeah, I, I mean, don't know if I would be able to easily edit this this specific movie into a tourism ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you got Gene Hackman playing Santa briefly. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you just yeah. have to cut out the whole yeah. last half and, and him chasing people down. Creepy to kids, like, <laughs> like you didn't know which direction that this movie was gonna go in at that very first beginning part. Yeah, it's like, like a prequel to Bad start, Santa. Yeah, <laughs> or a prequel to like. Just some terrible movie, like kids getting kidnapped or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but I feel like that's definitely one of the strengths of this film. Um, I mean, as you said, uh, this this film just moves. It, it's like only an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, the Godfather, in comparison, is twice as long. The Godfather Part Two also twice as long. So mm-hmm. it's like, in comparison to some of those other films in the era, uh, this is just like kind of a lean, mean uh, machine. Uh, and the plot, very simple. Uh, they are, uh, the French frog one is trying to <laughs> smuggle heroin through a French TV actor. Um, mm-hmm. And they bring it there. Popeye, basically through his local connections, hears about it. And the rest of the film is just kind of a back and forth between those two forces. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's not even like super smart with like trying to smuggle um, any fancy tacti- tactics or anything by the um by the bad guys to to do the smuggling or anything it's a pretty straightforward you know uh uh transfer of uh whatever drugs maybe heroin or something and, pretty sure and it's money heroin. yeah is what what's going on and it's a like there's not a lot of thought process that went into like bad guys going like hey let's let's try to be elusive it's not like oceans 11 or anything is what i'm saying basically it's a standard Right. There's, Transaction of... Yeah, I think kind of the handheld camera and just, like, the speed of the film, it really creates, like, a more improvisational feel and more of a realistic feel to the film mm-hmm. uh, in a certain way that it feels, um, feels like, a little uncontrollable. And I think... I think we'll get into the car chase at a certain point, but I feel like that is sort of, like, the ultimate scene, the scene that everyone remembers from this film... Um, of just, uh, and that's an example, not of things being elevated by computer uh, graphics or anything like CG. That's like analog stunts. Those are like people actually going out there and being kind of reckless with their cars and their lives in probably a way that's not very dangerous, but damn, it is fucking entertaining and compelling to watch. It looks terrifying the way it's cut, at least. So yeah. the, the scenes we see about like cars just... Um, the car, when we see it from the car perspective, like from the driver's perspective and it like going on the wrong side of the road, going when like signals are open and stuff, when the other side of signals are open and, uh, passing through crossroads and stuff, breaking signals essentially. Yeah. It is, uh, entertaining and it's impressive and it's thrilling. It's definitely very like terrifying. Yeah. Just, Just going through that. Yeah, it's like kind of improvisational in a way that feels like a little unhinged 
in, in a certain way. I mean, and it's good it turned out as well as it did, and it's good that also no one, as far as we know, got hurt beyond that car. <laughs> I mean, they definitely destroyed that car. Yeah, I, I I wonder if it was one or multiple cars that were used. Yeah, uh, but could have been a couple. Well, I mean, we'll talk about winners and losers in the film, but I'm pretty sure one of the losers of the film is the guy who owned that car. Uh, definitely a loser. Hopefully the director didn't own that car. Cause <laughs> definitely a loser. Another loser, the guy that got shot in the face in Marseille. That guy. Uh, yeah, he seemed like some kind of a beat French cop or something. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. And just... Minding his own business. He was just doing the same thing. Had a baguette. Popeye was doing, but, you know. Well, probably not. I mean, probably not quite as outrageous as Popeye. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. who knows? Like, no, he was, I mean, he was doing his sting operation or following or something. Right. Yeah. Not, not the same way that Buddy was doing it, or Popeye was doing it. Right. Um, uh-huh. One of the other things that I thought, thought is interesting in this film is sort of the, um, the portrayal of the police in this film. Uh, I think one of the things that probably correctly captures for these detectives is just the amount of, like, waiting and, and frustration that happens. Mm-hmm. Like in their initially how they got turned on to the operation, they basically just like follow a guy around when they're yeah. supposed to be out having a drink and having a good time. Yeah. And they just end up st- staying up all night just like watching him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, well, clearly Buddy had or Popeye had a different idea in mind compared to his uh, his friend who he gets him to tag along right after he'd just gotten stabbed with a knife in his in his arm or something yeah 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 which is like great yeah and and he he's definitely surprised when they're at the bar and he's like i thought we were here to buy me a drink while he starts talking shop yeah and it's like the unsung hero of the film is probably popeye's partner (laughs) and do we know his name uh cloud right cloud cloud yeah that's his oh yeah thankfully we said it at the beginning but yeah i mean popeye is so much more memorable it's like this guy plays the ultimate kind of sidekick yeah and he's good at it and i think he actually won an oscar for that role um it's played by roy scheider who would be uh probably most well known for being the uh lead of jaws uh, oh okay so a few years later he'd uh, get some even more acclaim um yeah so I, I thought that was one of the other interesting aspects um shall we talk about um some of the action sequences of this film yeah let's do it um um, which one did you want to talk about? Well, I think the ultimate one is the car chase one. I have yeah. one other one to talk about before we get to that, though. So let's, uh, sure. let's go for that. I have one as well. Okay. Yeah. You want to do yours? Do you want to kick off and then I can... Okay. We might have the same one. We, we may have the same one. For me, one of the most clever scenes of the film is the I one think... with the uh, uh, frog one in the subway. Yes. Um, and I think that has, like, just the way that there, he, like, jumps in and out of the cars, it's just very uh, highly entertaining. Um, and it has, like, a nice little rhythm to it. And, like, the way that the the kind of jazzy but kind of in-your-face score is going, I, I just uh-huh. really uh, like that, that scene. Um, it's a lot shorter than um, other uh, the, the car chase scene, which is, yeah. like, a really long extended action sequence. Uh-huh. But um, I like that one, too. And I think... Uh, it also kind of shows how um, uh, Alain Charnier, the French villain in this film, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't exactly have a ton of time on the screen, but he ha- has kind of a pretty strong presence. 
mm-hmm. for the limited time that he does have on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, and, and it kind of shows his like savviness and cleverness in a way without him actually speaking. Um, right. Yeah. He definitely seems like a, like compared to, like if we talk about like two bad guys in the movie, it's Elaine Charnier and then Salvatore Boca. Right, and then... And the hitman. Like, and the hitman. Well, I mean, like... Who is just Ellen kind of... Charnier and his with, side man, side Right. Frog one or frog two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And then the, on the other side, we have the Salvatore Boca. And, like, yeah, definitely, L.A. and Charnier definitely, like, outshines the performance and stuff. It's really cool. Um, I... This was also my, uh, like, chase sequence... So when you told, kind of offhandedly told me that there was a really cool car chase scene, I thought that you may have just thought thought of, you may have just wanted to tell me that there was a really good chase sequence or something where um, Gene Hackman is following Ellen Charnier, or uh, uh, yeah, Ellen, uh, Popeye's character is following Ellen Charnier. So that's what that's what I thought was the chase sequence, and it was very. It was a kind of an interesting adrenaline and adrenaline adrenaline rush for me. Um, I also thought it was really cool, really silly how obviously uh, Gene Hackman's character, uh, after a certain point, is just following right Frog One. He just uh, the way he like goes in and out of the um, uh, the the cars, the train cars, is so obvious. It is, yeah, uh, yeah. The whole film, like, there's like the subtlety goes yeah, away in the, the two minutes that that Popeye yeah. is following Frog One. Yeah, I mean it's so obvious. I mean, but we also knew from a previous scene that uh, Frog One knew who he was because uh, of the yeah. elevator. If you picked up on that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. he ends up going to right. a different uh, floor. Yeah, but at that point, it's like stairs. Popeye. Well, at one point, he does kind of make a charade of trying to pretend like the first time he goes off the subway he pulls like a girl off and starts like lecturing her he's like done like pointing his fingers yep, and stuff yep, at yep, her yep. and stuff yeah <laughs> he tries to do that and then after that he just like yeah gives up all subtlety but it's also on the frog one side like he's basically taking the guy for a ride he's basically taking the cop on for a ride yeah, I mean... Like, he has no end goal. Like, he's not planning to meet anybody. Yeah. And he just strings the strings, in, strings him along. Right. And in the end, it yeah. plays zero bearing on the plot. Um, yeah. Because, like, they're basically... He's going to catch a, a train or a plane to Washington. Yeah. And so is Sal Boca, so they can meet. But yeah. the problem is Sal Boca was fault. So yeah. it didn't matter in the end because yeah. uh, they knew where they are going and they are able to watch. They're, it's interesting how none of them just care about like being followed or any of this. Um, the tale, Sal Boca gets told that he's also, uh, he also has federal or some other wiretaps or wiretap and, and federal agents following him. But none of these people seem to care about any of this. Yeah. Um, at least the people who are on the front lines of making the trade. So uh, seems interesting how desperate they are for this to go down and might be their like one and only chance or something right yeah i mean this is like not a film about like extreme discretion or anything like that it's like people trying to make a big deal and other people know the deal is happening and they're trying to stop it and the people that are making the deal know that the other people know too yeah so it's like just kind of uh 
uh, chess match in, in a certain way. Yeah. It, it's almost also like if they had just uh, waited a few more days, it sounded like by the end of it, like they could have just gotten away with their deal. Mm-hmm. But their uh, stress for time yeah. ended up ruining things. Obviously, also the henchmen very obviously made it so that, you know, that a deal is going down and like right. exacerbated the, their issue by trying to kill yeah. uh, Popeye. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, neither side behaved very perfectly in a lot of ways. I mean, I feel like it sort of captures the messiness of this film. It's like, if they wanted to make a deal at a certain point, all they had to do was just make the deal because the cops had been pulled off of them. Uh, but instead, they kind of draw attention to themselves by trying to assassinate Popeye. And not only that, do they fail. Uh, so kind of uh, uh, in, reg- in like hindsight, that's a really dumb move. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, the cops also, I mean, like, throughout the, the thing, I mean, this is a spoiler-filled episode, but it's like yeah. Popeye kills a cop at the end. <laughs> they fucking get stuck in traffic. They, yeah. The reason why uh, Popeye ends up following Frog One there is also because, like, the cops in front of the building somehow lost uh, Frog, Frog One, One, so they weren't even doing it. So it's like the film is filled with all these, like, messiness. These are not, like... Yeah, perfect cops in like a really clean atmosphere. And I feel like it goes along quite well with the um, atmosphere of sort of gritty New York. This is not like yeah. Succession, uh, Succession New York with a uh, with a uh, uh, Logan Roy walking around or whatever. This is That's like right. it's like a very different. This is like a low level New York. That's right. Yeah, it's also not. Yeah, it's not a bunch of executives filled with calendars trying to manage their time. It's more of like. Yeah, don't know when shit's gonna, when what shit's gonna happen, and people are trying to uh, keep up with it on both sides. Right. Yeah. One of the other scenes I thought was kind of interesting, not an action scene, um, is sort of that uh, contrast uh, with the, the the meals, and it just sort of shows the cops as like being the poor ones and having a little bit of envy for the criminals, yep. where they're eating like this fancy, I think French food, and then uh, and. Uh, Popeye and Cloud are like, oh, do you want the red or the white? <laughs> white. <laughs> it's yeah. supposed to be just coffee, right? And yeah. He's like, what year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of a funny scene too. And it kind it's of... call out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like one of the things that really carries this film is Hackman and just kind of the banter back and forth. Did you have any thoughts on sort of like their chemistry or, or um, how they sort of uh, interacted or just Hackman, some of the actors' performances in general, any standouts? Yeah, um, so I, Hackman is definitely, he's almost like, he's not a perfect character, but he's, he's kind of charming, I thought. He was, he was able to get his way through charm and stuff, and then when, like, obviously at times it didn't work when, when like, the other cop who gets killed in the beginning accuses him of, like, you know, having gotten a, another cop killed at some point in the past, he just gets pissed off and starts fighting with him. But he's very loud and kind of just out there. It's a very fun character, I think. Definitely not the perfect character, obviously. Uh, racist slurs and things like that. Uh, 
annoying a bunch of people in in bars some Um, lines we definitely cannot repeat yeah definitely (laughs) uh and this is a podcast um, where we started saying kieran culkin's lines (laughs) (laughs) but we can't say popeye's lines we can't say popeye's lines not all of them yeah um um, yeah and and like even when they're even when he is just uh talking smack to the the very first perp or a bad guy they're trying to catch and get information from and he just keeps saying did you pick pick your feet in poughkeepsie and i'm just going like what the heck is going on this this doesn't make sense at all i had to i had to look it up i i I (laughs) did the same thing and i've seen this film and apparently it doesn't mean much it doesn't it's just like trolling the bad guy so he's like well uh i didn't i didn't pick my feet in poughkeepsie but i did do this other thing and let me tell you more about it apparently it's like a good cop bad cop tactic yeah 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 this this movie uh, another thing i wanted to say was this movie feels like maybe some of the the like a lot of common police uh tropes that are used in the movies later on come from maybe like the good cop bad cop idea or or just the simple uh this is a police emergency and i need your car (laughs) and like pulling somebody out of their car and like that's probably been done millions of times yeah uh or hundreds of times i i think you're right i think you're 100 yeah. percent right um <laughs> yeah um but um i totally agree get the car destroyed in like two to three minutes from that point yeah <laughs> i hope you realize at a certain point that the car chase scene i was talking about was not the first subway scene it was the no end. no i got that okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> i just i was saying that when you mentioned it before i watched it i thought that this was the the subway was the chasing you talk about that's how much that's how exciting the subway chase scene was for me yeah yeah and then the car chase scene was just a, a complete next level from there to, for me too yeah i agree yeah yeah um yeah uh yeah totally agree on hackman i feel like he is i feel like without hackman this movie is just all right um mm-hmm. i feel like him and just like the way he banters mm-hmm. back and forth i think um uh, Roy Scheider in the cloud part mm-hmm. is like it's kind of a thankless role um, in certain mm-hmm. ways, but he combines well. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's sort of that good cop bad cop you're talking about, mm-hmm. sort of the contrast between the two and mm-hmm. their styles. I think that works well mm-hmm. too, and I think that sort of uh, is uh, it, uh, yeah. makes the movie. He's sort of the sanity that t- ties uh, uh, brings the insanity of uh, Popeye, uh, like makes it shine in the movie i guess right yeah i mean without that contrast uh or someone for popeye to play off of then popeye yeah. is very different so he's like yeah. he's like uh he's making major assists for for hackman to do his thing for sure um and i mean hackman is fucking amazing i mean i love hackman i mean i think the idea of casting like a non-traditional sort of uh uh like action star in this i think really helps yeah definitely yeah. Uh, is Hackman this loud in any other movies? Um, I haven't. I I can't recall that many Hackman movies where he has a very significantly prominent role as this. Also, the um, the conversation's another one, but he is a uh, a very different character, mm-hmm. like far more quiet mm-hmm. and paranoid. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Okay, we have watched it. I rem- I don't remember the movie very well. It's been about ten years, probably, or right eight years since I watched it. Um other than that he's 
probably in Enemy of the State with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a more newer movie. Right, yeah. Um, Although he probably looks kind of the same. <laughs> His agelessness. Um, he was in Bonnie and Clyde a few years before this, too. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But I think this is definitely pretty early Hackman. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Do you ha- want to talk about the car chase scene? Sure, uh, but real quickly. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, standout performers, like either of the French... Or the people that played French people. I definitely liked the the French cop. I he literally didn't say any lines, right? Maybe one line or something, uh-huh. and then he gets shot in the uh, face. Yeah, he has. It just has a very peculiar face and look, and uh-huh. it was fun to fun to watch him. Um, yeah, the henchman, the way he unravels is is quite great. So like seeing him, uh, his panic and like he just he kills probably like three or four uh, civilians through the process was uh was great you yeah i think the actor that did that was pretty did a yeah. pretty good job of that yeah that's a good segue into the chase um real yeah. quickly on those two uh one of the interesting things the influences on this film too it wasn't just in hollywood and america um this film actually um uh heavily influenced and kind of inspired uh, in Italian film genre called Poliziotteschi, which are a bunch of Italian crime films that came out in the 1970s. Um, a lot of them were inspired by uh, French Connection and Dirty Harry and those sorts of films. <laughs> and uh, both uh, Fernando Rey, who plays uh, Elaine Charnier, and uh, his hitman, uh, who I don't even know what his name is in this film, both those uh, went on to star in quite a few Poliziotteschi's kind of on the basis of this film. Um, so Fernando uh-huh. Ray kind of like had a few years where he was just playing like uh, smug, uh, French smugglers from Marseille. I don't even think he's French. I think he's like Spanish or something too. <laughs> so <laughs> he's able to sort of parlay that into uh, some other role. So nice. sort of an interesting uh, aside there. Nice. Um, uh, so you said Polizio Tetsky. Is that the director's name or is that just the that, genre? That's the genre name. So it's kind of like okay. spaghetti western, but Polizio Tetsky is... And then they also have their whole um, history of, like, deranged car chases where okay. they don't have permits and they're running through Milan and stuff like that. So well, it's, a, it's a fun genre. Polizio, um, does that, like, does it stand for police or something? Yeah, it's derived from police for sure. Um, okay. um, but, yeah, it's the Polizio Teschi. I don't know how it ended up with that name. Uh, I don't speak Italian. Italian. Or, or I speak the third best Italian of this <laughs> podcast. You know what I should say? Margarete. <laughs> uh, we should at least have one Margarete per, per Category 3 podcast uh, episode. <laughs> one Margarete? Margarete. Yeah. Not Margarete. <laughs> There's a lot of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh if you want to see completely unrelated to what we're talking about yeah french connection by the way but well, you, you do get some uh gene hackman making fun of the italians in this you definitely get yeah. some italian yeah. racial slurs probably yeah. um in this film um okay all right we've been talking about it we've been circling it we've been we've been thinking about it let's talk about the car chase um for me too i i had a similar reaction to you the first time i saw this uh where i was enjoying the film and then I saw that subway scene. I was like, oh, great. This is, like, really exciting and clever and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, ten minutes later, you get that that scene. Yeah. And 
Um, so it starts out with the sniper just taking yeah. out like a random woman. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm not gonna say Me. we should do this all the time, but great way to start a scene. <laughs> great way to start I mean, a scene. If you want a great chase sequence, you have to take out a random civilian while yeah. trying to kill a cop. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one thing this film doesn't uh, hold back on is it, it shows the danger to people. It's like people are fucking yeah. dying in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, people are dying. Yeah. Um, and so then there's like a baby stroller that's left behind, and you hear kids crying. Uh, yeah, while the the sniper is trying to shoot the shoot Popeye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not so crazy if you're running the tourism bureau of New York <laughs> to not want this film being shown. Well, I would fucking show it. <laughs> it's 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 the bloody French that caused the ruckus. I mean, technically, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Blame the foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> it's the damn immigrants. All right. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, you're going that route. It's terrible. Uh, uh, so, uh, so uh, there's the sniper, uh, which is of course the hitman we have just been talking about, <laughs> uh, the French hitman. Um, uh, I mean, this whole scene is unnecessary. If they chose not to assassinate Hackman, they would have just got the deal and gone home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Hackman is trying to, or uh, Popeye is trying to locate uh, Frog 2 and mm-hmm. find out where the sniper is from. So we sort of see him circling around the building. And he eventually finds out where he is um, and goes up to the top of the building and just finds the rifle there. Mm-hmm. And, and the French uh, guy had abandoned. And yeah. he sees him running out. And so he chases him uh, to... The subway. Yep. And here's where it gets to another level. They end up basically on different subway platforms. And so Hackman has to uh, basically steal a car, which you referenced earlier, and chase the subway underneath it with the car. Meanwhile, the French guy takes control of the subway and basically makes it behave in ways that a subway should not behave, culminating in a couple dead people and a uh, crash. Yep, Um, Yep. So, uh, yeah. It's, it was an impressive scene. Um, um, yeah, the way, the way it unfolds and the way, like, you just go, okay, there's a cop in the subway car. He's gonna, he's gonna stop the, stop the henchman, uh, uh, the bad guy, basically, and, and the cop is unable to do that. Like, I think he gets shot, right? He gets shot. Right at the beginning. Yeah. And then, Quite quickly. Um, and then it continues where, like, yeah, we see the bad guy just progress to the front of the subway and, and, and yeah, get the, get the, the, the subway driver or conductor or whatever to just go past the full stop, speed. Right. Yeah, yeah, past the yeah. stop. Uh, and, and, yeah, and so we're, we're also on different levels where the subway is up one level. Uh, and then on the bottom is uh, Gene Hackman trying to figure out how the heck is he going to get to to the first stop, at least, the 25th Avenue, I think, stop. And uh, it's great the way he just, he just literally <laughs> tries to, uh, he tries to stop a couple of cars. First two cars literally just blast past him. And then he's able to stop another one of the uh, cars. Really nice looking car. I don't know what car it was, but it was a nice car. And uh, for the two minutes that he <laughs> for had the it, two <laughs> minutes. Uh, and I just love how he he's like, "Stop, stop! Police emer! I need your car for police emergency." Pulls the guy out, and 
and and the and you actually in the scene you also see hear the guy go, when am I gonna get it back? Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes, Jesus fucking Christ, or something along those lines. Yeah. You see him curse or something. Yeah, and uh, and the car is gone. Yeah, no <laughs> answer from Popeye. <laughs> I think Clearly, he has to like turn it at around. that point when when you hear the guy go, "When am I gonna get it back?" You 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 know the answer that it's not coming back. And when... yeah, well, and then you just hear Popeye just like screech the car on, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, not yeah, getting that not back." Getting back. <laughs> uh, it's also that the car scene is so reckless that as I am watching the the chase sequence, every time it cuts to the car. Like, I feel like the car, the person behind the car is about as equally crazy as the guy who's up one level in the subway doing the, causing the mayhem. Like, I just think that this person is a maniac and should never be allowed to drive in anywhere. That, that person's li- driver's license should be revoked. The way we see him drive. Right. And, and, and a lot of it probably is because of the way it's it's filmed a specific way and like how we see him go through but it is impressive and it it was terrifying at the same time right do would you say it holds up quite well for the modern day uh almost better right just because of the the feeling that you get that it's not very staged right Uh, it may have been staged but i did not i didn't feel like it was at any point Right. Um, and it's very raw and it's very rough and you see a few different uh, angles you see from the sides of the car. So outside of the car from the driver's perspective and then a um, couple streets away, yeah, I think. A couple of, yeah, top right. down or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Maybe. it's, I think it's hard to say probably how much was like uh, sort of improvised versus like they had it planned out. Obviously they had some of it planned out, but the impression I've gotten from reading and listening to interviews about it is that a lot of the it was uh, was just them kind of improvising on the fly on what to do and how to make a scene. One That's, of the yeah, in, in in an interview I saw with uh, the director William Friedkin, uh, the first things out of his mouth was like, "Ah, the car cheat scene. Um, if I were to do that again, I wouldn't do it the way I did it <laughs> in, <laughs> back in the day." Uh-huh. Um, and apparently, and I assume that's a remark towards the safety concerns and, and how ridiculously it was. I believe shot. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where they, I, I think they filmed it largely without permits, without any of the sort of regulations of it. Uh, so, uh, uh, and a lot of it was actually filmed, uh, a lot of, I think the first person point of view stuff mm-hmm. was filmed, uh, by William Friedkin himself who would not let his uh, director of photography film it because he had a family. So I think that shows you the level of sort of recklessness of it. And I think the whole film helps to sort of create that feel of just like this like more authentic, grimy New York too. Mm -hmm. It's like we talk about like how the French guy shoots the cop and he's going through the subway. One of the things you just hear is just like the natural sounds of people and you just hear screams and yeah. a lot of like natural noise and stuff like that. Yeah. So it feels very real and the panic and stuff that you feel um, yeah. up there and just sort of the frenetic kinetic energy that you yeah. have is uh, is definitely sort of pulsating. I also through. feel like there's a lot of smart editing and stuff like where 
you get the feeling of like the subway blasting past the first station and the next station and i'm sure it was just some other uh, uh trains that are going by right but the way it's edited is they make it look so clean that you feel like okay you're in and out you're you're getting different perspective of the same cars and same yeah. subway and stuff right and that that sort of as you described it the two layers of of following yeah i i think that's really cool too i love that's that amazing. and i think it holds up um yeah when i have you been to new york i have not been to new york okay i i remember one of the first times i went to new york and i went to brooklyn and then I saw sort of the subway, because in, like, Manhattan or whatever, it mainly mm-hmm. travels sort of underground in, like, right, some right, of the right. more tourist areas. But when you go to Brooklyn, one mm-hmm. of the other boroughs, okay. you see the subway sort of structured like that. I see. And one of my first thoughts is like, oh, all right. So yeah. French Connection was filmed in, in sort of a thing this like this. And that's just sort of how memorable the freaking subway, uh, the, the chase scene is. It's like, it's, uh, it, it sticks with you. I mean, it, I think a lot of people consider it uh, to be the best car chase scene uh, ever made. And I don't know if I would go that far, but I would definitely put it up in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. That area is fairly popular, I think. Like, it's used in a few different video games and stuff, too. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if it's used in Infamous or uh, Spider-Man or something, hmm. but it. I think that area of subway and stuff gets used fairly often in either movies or video games right. quite often when portraying New York and parts of New York. Yeah, and to be clear, uh, because I'm sure if any, if people are actually listening to this, we probably have some people in New York because there's a lot of people that live in New York. Yeah, we know that there's like large parts of New York that have this sort of subway structure. It's not just a okay. small selection. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was where my mind immediately went as soon as I saw that. That's Um, awesome. That's, it's really cool that the way, like, yeah, you visit someplace and uh, it just brings out nostalgia of the movie and stuff. And, like, wow. You don't, I mean, I mean, you don't get that a lot with movies nowadays. If you look at Marvel movies or something, I don't think if I ever visited any place that's in the movie, I would recognize it. Probably just because the movie is so staged and stuff, and I don't think... Actually, even in the movie, they probably don't show specific locations or something. Yeah, I mean, I think... That's that's mostly a good point. set pieces just, or Yeah, I mean, I think you made a good point of it holding up, too. It's like, that we're, we're so used to CG today that we yeah. see these sort of analog-style stunts. I mean, I guess we get a little bit of it with John Wick, but I feel like this is so different from John Wick that uh, it, it still holds up. And, I mean, it's kind of amazing. This is, like, a film that's almost 50 years old, um, and it was not a high-budget film. Yeah. So. And still a really good action movie. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Any other thoughts on the chase scene? I think we covered everything. Yeah, definitely. It was very fun. Okay, great. to watch. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of what I have, too. I mean, we're sort of building up to that chase scene, which I think is a, a big thing. couple, um, uh, as the rewatchables would call, um, uh-huh. some unanswerable questions. Is Popeye a good cop? Well, either. Uh, would you say, is Buddy a good... Or, Cloud? Sorry, Cloud a good cop. 
Maybe I'm, a slightly easier to answer. I'm going both no. <laughs> they, yeah, like we, we get to see right at the beginning where they just keep rattling people, mostly minorities at bars about certain things. Like they don't, definitely don't do that at other bars and stuff. Um, but it was, it felt like there was a specific kind of targeting there. So, yeah. And they were both pretty okay with it. Um, we we didn't talk about one character who appears very briefly is the undercover cop uh, uh, who uh, Popeye uh, decks right before uh, getting some information from him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the bar. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like, yeah. You. Yeah. And, and I love the way the... Uh, the I I can't recall exactly how he respond the exact words that he uses, but he says something along the lines of like, "I'm innocent, baby." <laughs> just just the groove and the yeah. smoothness that the 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 cop has, like you can instantly tell that he's an undercover cop. I don't know, like from watching other movies or something. Oh, well, that's probably one of those tropes that uh, yeah. that this movie helped to create. Yeah, just the confidence that 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 person had compared to all the other. People in the bar, I was like, all right, this has got to be an undercover cop. <laughs> and then the way they casually, like, you know, fake fight and quickly jump into the the bathroom to talk about yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, and it yeah. concludes with, I mean, it still works every time. It's like, where do you want it? And he has to take a punch. That I'm glad you mentioned that scene because I think that scene, I have that scene down on my notes too. I think that's yeah. probably, like in my that's like the third scene i put on my notes in addition yeah. to the subway and the, the car chase scene yeah that's probably the yeah obvious yeah you know maybe one flaw of this film is that for the memorable action scenes the car chase and stuff like that i don't know if the conclusion quite meets that same sort of standard would you would you make of the finale like you didn't feel like it was a good payoff compared to where it was going? I thought it was an okay payoff. But if mm-hmm. you just consider like that car chase, which I feel like is the most magnificent part of the film, yes. happens like maybe 20, 25 minutes before the close. That it doesn't quite... I don't know. It's just a okay. little different. Yeah. Um, I thought the payoff for me was... More in the credits. Like, I, I, I'm with you on the ending. Uh, but, like, the proper ending was the credits where they tell you, like, okay, this is sort of based on some sort of real happenstance and characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And how, like, Sal Boca was apparently, like, he, he went to prison or something and, and Alan Charnier or... They never caught him. They never caught him and stuff. And so that all made sense. Like... Right. That all... that. So ending plus that credit scene combined is what kind of... Okay. Yeah. So for you, it was satisfying enough. It was and it wasn't. Like, I thought that they were going for maybe something smart when they do actually find the drugs in the car. But then, like, still put all of them back in and... and let the deal go down, but like at no point do they kind of uh, tear down the doors, but only after the deal has taken place and people are dispersing is when they come through. So I understand that, but 
there may be like some reality to it mm-hmm. because of how police work might be done at the time or something. Uh huh. That they don't tear down the doors right as the deal happened, which right. Like, I mean, the realness of it was what was more of a payoff for me, right? Uh, than like how in other movies do people figure out that oh they have literally tra- done the transaction and the cops tear down the uh the the doors right and right. so how how is that possible like you cannot get that perfect timing right that's and, true and so sort of that imper- imperfection and messiness is captured in this film a bit yeah. um yeah, yeah i thought I mean, it was unique and it was yeah that's good probably point. like when talking about like instant gratification the the other movies probably uh, where they do actually tear down the doors right at the moment when the deal happens is probably more fun. Mm-hmm. But like over a longer term, maybe it's it's less realistic. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if as you think about it, if we talk about the cops being not so good, I mean, like the way that they trapped them, the fact that like a sixty-year-old uh, French guy was somehow able to escape despite all of the cops uh, being there and stuff like that. That doesn't exactly speak well of the uh, NYPD. (laughs) I mean, he is a 60-year-old French guy on his own after Sal Boca gets shot uh, and uh, in a country that he doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow he's able to get away. Yeah. And and like we talked about, uh, I agree. Yeah, somehow he made it out. Maybe, Maybe he had already dispersed. Like, maybe they never saw him. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, um, the, the fact that we saw that subway scene, I feel like, lets us suspend that disbelief. The fact yeah. that we know that this guy is, like, cunning as fuck. smart. Yeah, he, yeah and he, he knows how to do his business. Did they... I, didn't, I don't think they mentioned in the credits that he was able to get away with money or not. But I... We never... I like, assume, he had the money, so... Oh. Wow. What a, right? what, a, what a win by him. If he got away with the money, too. Well, they... Yeah. I don't know if the... Yeah, if if that's something they would they leave in the dark, yeah. 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 Um um another thing uh, I wanted to call back was like us talking about whether or not uh Buddy and uh I keep forgetting the other guy. Cloud's uh Cloud Buddy and Cloud are good guys, right? So like to if they're not the good guys then to have that perfect payback at the end or payoff at the end for them wouldn't like I feel like it fits well because they're not good cops and then they do yeah. end up fucking up, end up messing up at the end. And then, yeah. For for audience, maybe it's not a... That's yeah. the part that's the payoff where they're actually thrown off their... kicked off their narcotics team or something and then they have to join something else. Right. Which is kind of what happens in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, did you like uh, Popeye and Cloud? Yeah, I, they had a good chemistry. Yeah, they were fun, but us talking about like Bullet and uh, uh, Steve McQueen and stuff, right? So obviously, you wouldn't put Steve McQueen as Buddy or po- Buddy Popeye's uh, character, but w- would would there be any other? actors from around that time that well, would interestingly the they wanted to do that interesting but steve they McQueen wanted I, to... steve mcqueen didn't want to do another car scene similar to bullet uh-huh. so 
Actually, the bullet comparison may be even more apt. Uh, hmm. It, it, like, I had no idea. Hackman, I think, was not close to their first choice. I think they had a lot of choices that they wanted to put Hackman. So. Who were the other choices? And if you had those options, well, would you... Would I go for them? Yeah. Or do you have a choice of your own that you would have... I know you... Like, for you, it sounds like Hackman is perfect, but if you if Hackman didn't exist, it would yeah. be a close casting for you, for Buddy. So they talked about Paul Newman... Who was out of the bu- budget range. Yeah. Then Jackie Gleason, Peter Boyle, and a New York columnist, Jimmy Breslin. Wow, they're going down to the, the journalists. Wow. Uh, Steve McQueen was also considered, but he did not want to do another police film after Bullet. Uh, they considered Charles Bronson for the role. Uh, uh-huh. Charles Bronson would also be sort of that quiet, tough guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Rod Taylor, who actively wanted it, uh but uh, they ended up settling on McQueen, or Hackman, sorry. Um, okay. So, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like of all those actors, I mean, maybe I'm a big Hackman buff, so you can correct me if you feel differently, but uh, I feel like Hackman, I'd choose him over all those people. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, uh, I primarily remember Paul Newman and uh, Steve McQueen. I don't think I've seen... Uh, or I remember, I, I've probably seen Jackie Gleason in something or another, but I don't remember Jackie Gleason, Peter Boyle. I don't recall even the name Jimmy Breslin or Charles. I haven't seen any Charles Bronson movie, actually. So so I'm not familiar, familiar with these actors that would have been considered at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with a couple of them as well, um, um, but I am familiar with kind of the same set as you as well as Charles Bronson. What about Dirty Harry? Oh, um, Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. You know, all these guys, except for Paul Newman, Paul Newman could talk, but yeah. the other guys are all kind of like that strong, stoic side. Clint? Yeah. Uh, but Paul Newman is not so rough around the edges. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's, why, that's probably why I wouldn't... Like, Gene Hackman also doesn't feel as rough around the edges, but he definitely carries this character well and makes it rough right. and tough kind of yeah and i would have felt the same if you were to bring up like rodford robert redford or someone like that who is oh, like yeah. too like too much of that handsome pretty boy yeah thing it's like you couldn't cast brad pitt in this role yeah exactly it's yeah, like yeah. you want someone the fact that they went and cast someone like hackman and i feel like really makes it hackman yeah. can just like chew up the screen too it's like yeah. when he's on the screen it's like you just can watch him for me yeah. it's like that's one of the big reasons why, despite Popeye and, and Cloud being responsible for some pretty bad things, uh, yeah. some pretty awful things, it's like, I still kind of want to be buddies with them. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, yep. Popeye is definitely an asshole, and like, he seems like he wants to fight everyone. Yep. Um, but he's, he's freaking Gene Hackman, and he just tears it up, and it's like, I like him. That's I like awesome. him. I'm sorry. <laughs> so nice all right i i had one more question but maybe like you've given us the that gene hackman's the best answer so i won't okay you don't yeah. you don't have another question i i'll i'll table my question for later okay well i just have a couple last things here uh anything that's aged well we kind of talked about the car chase scene already yeah. or aged poorly I mean, the racial politics, it's like you would never include that in a film today, the way that they're talking about people. But, but I would also not remove it for a movie that's already in, 
in 50 years ago. Like, yeah, I wouldn't try to convert it because that's very, probably very accurate for the time. Yeah, I that was then. I could. Like, I agree completely. They, I I read somewhere that the cops were, the two cops that were on set consulting, were there to specifically for these scenes to point out, and make them as real as possible because they actually did this for, for bits of it. Yeah, isn't it interesting that cops were, like consulting on this, and it's like these are not exactly yeah. what I would consider like super, uh, cop, glorifying yeah. movies. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, one of the most controversial parts of this, the part that the police had the biggest issue with, uh, do you know what part? I mean, where they killed the other cop at the end? Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I, maybe, but the one that I read about was at the end of the car chase scene where you see the uh, French assassin uh, try to escape and then Hackman can't stay on his feet, so he kind of like leans into like a pole. Uh huh. And then, uh, and then the French guy tries to run and he gets shot in the back. Uh-huh. The fact that he was shot in the back, back is like they thought that was that wow. that was of all the they, things, that's what they thought was just not okay. Yeah, they they didn't think that would uh, do it, but uh, the director stood by it and said that this is what he thinks that the cops uh, that this is based off of would have done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so it's interesting. I mean, it kind of shows. Yeah. To me, I had the same initial reaction as you. I was like, oh, really? That. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's like the politics of shooting someone in the back. I mean, who's already shot three people? Exactly. Uh, I guess Gene Hackman's character didn't know that, but he didn't know that. But he, but he did know that he shot the woman. At That's the true. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. he knew that he was in trouble. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, if I were Gene Hackman, I would shot him. <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's uh, we're glad you're not a cop <laughs> i i don't know i mean it it definitely did not seem like a, i mean he tried to kill you with the sniper rifle yeah <laughs> it definitely i don't know maybe it's like maybe my my mindset is like in movie mode and like okay shooting people is kind of different when you're watching movie and as opposed to in real life right right and so my mind mindset would be different if i were put in a different situation but i've not gone through police training or anything like that so i don't know what's why why it's why that would be the thing that police uh, uh yeah folks would be would frown upon or something yeah anything else that you think aged well or poorly uh, i think we talked about car se- car scene uh just the raw like footage and like being out and out in the world and and openly shooting it without staging it i think is has aged really well and it's it makes the movie a lot of fun to watch especially when we get movies that are primarily staged and indoors or not really kind of right outdoors the way we we see this movie as yeah you know i think that maybe the closest films that probably come to sort of like portraying like the grimier sites in New York, or maybe things mm-hmm. like Uncut Gems now and uh, mm-hmm. A Good Time by the same director. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think mo- for the most part, this film has aged quite well. Uh, Hackman, yeah. I think the performances have aged well. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York in the 1970s is such like a unique place that you can't necessarily recreate now. Mm-hmm. Not doesn't have that same atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's... What about like not glor- glorifying the cops? Honestly... I 
could see how someone could say that they're glorifying, and maybe I'm a huge hypocrite because I was just saying that I like Popeye and stuff. Uh-huh. But honestly, I don't think it's very glorified. Like, we see yeah. them shoot someone in the back. We right. see them shoot other police. They are fucking out-of-control policemen. Yeah. Or, well, especially Popeye. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like, I don't know how much I would say it glorifies them. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like, not glorifying them, right? Like, it doesn't glorify them, but how has it aged in, in your mind? Oh, I think it's aged quite well. I mean, to yeah. me, it feels... I mean, it's also cops of a different era, too. These, like, 50 years ago, so. Yeah. I guess I was going to say that knowing that we know a little bit more about mostly publicized and politicized issues, this kind of seems to have aged well and feels more real. If that's that's how you want things to age uh, in movies, then, like, they're, like, as... Compared to other movies that kind of do glorify cops or right. military. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point, too, earlier. Uh, if we're going to talk about sort of how the cops are portrayed here, too. It's like, if we think to think about this through a 2020 lens where sort of police are having, like, a moment of... I don't, I'm not even sure how to term it exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we're having a moment here in America yeah. of, of uh, considering the police's role in society. And you think about the power dynamics, especially when uh, Popeye and Cloud go into the, like these black bars and stuff yeah. like that and how like the people are kind of powerless to do anything and, and how yeah. they can basically do whatever the hell they want yeah. to them um and so things like that probably um maybe even resonate a little bit more in 2020 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 specifically i guess the reason why i brought it up is it it seems to have aged well in the sense that it it shows the darker, darker side of what might be happening in police force, right? And 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 with certain cops and with certain specific precincts or districts or something. Yeah. So I mean, we don't know if that's happening, but like it seems like uh, not today for sure. But we don't even know if that happened back in the day. But from the commentary that I read, it seemed like it would. That's what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, like, the director went on some bus with actual cops and stuff, so I get the impression that it was uh, quite accurate. Uh, Random point, but what did you make of the um, heroin nerd? Like, like the guy that was, like, (laughs) in the glasses and was really into heroin. I'm like, this is, like, a really weird portrayal of a nerd. I'm like, I feel like if you put this guy 50 years from now, he's probably working for, like, Amazon or something? I don't know. Maybe he's like a libertarian Amazon person. I don't know. I don't know why he would be a libertarian Amazon or whatever. Because <laughs> he's a freaking weirdo. He's like really into what? <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's like, they're like, oh yeah, you want to figure out the purity of heroin? We got this guy. He's got like the big 70s glasses and stuff like that. He Any, any thoughts? He didn't... I don't know if I like <laughs> think of him as somebody working. I Yeah, I don't know where you make that connection, but how about like... He seemed closest to, and not so close to, Gail Bedecker in Breaking Bad, maybe, where, like, all Gail Bedecker was impressed with was purity, and, like, he just wanted to right. know who Heisenberg or who the person behind that that creation is. Like, sleazier Gail Bedecker that actually, Definitely like, uses, uses the product. Yeah. Yeah. Gail Bedecker is more... 
like in love with the chemistry and stuff and this guy was just like okay yeah we have a bingo <laughs> it was like gail bedecker and uh yeah this guy combined right the, yeah the inglorious bastards <laughs> that's a bingo that's a bingo <laughs> well i think you hit the nail right on the head there gail bedecker good one okay yeah, yeah i was <laughs> not an amazon engineer okay all right uh Okay, well, that's just about all I have. Uh, winners and losers. Um, all right. Anyone yeah. you want to bring out? I mean, I'll start off the losers category. Uh, the guy that owned that car. <laughs> Definitely oh, a loser. Man, you're just going for him. A uh, guy, all right. French cop that gets shot in the face and then has uh-huh. his baguette partly eaten. Oh. He, the he guy didn't even baguette. take the whole baguette. He just took a bite yeah. and left. Yeah. yeah, in the age of DNA, would mm-hmm. not happen. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some winners and losers? Um, that's a good question. Um, not very many winners in the movie, I think. That's true. It's kind of a bummer. Like, no one like, ends up very happy, do they? Yeah. Um, I mean, wow, it, I'm trying to find a winner, but I am I get, struggling I, to find one. I, I guess I was also just thinking, like, in terms of, like, the movie and stuff. For me, it's like a winner would be like someone like Gene Hackman, who like wins Best Actor, kind of like able to level up to be sure. a big star. Sure, if someone we, like, like that. Yeah, 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 go out of that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I mean the audience is not in, on that front. Like it's a very fun movie. Yeah, very entertaining and uh, really great to watch overall. Yeah, even fifty years later, uh, without missing a beat. Um, yeah, but if we're talking specifically in the movie, I have a tough time finding a winner. Okay, that's um, true. It's like, even, like you, you'd say maybe people of New York, but even like a lot of them end up almost getting or getting killed <laughs> in the pursuit of like them doing this drug bust. Yeah. Win- so yeah. Yeah, winner or loser? If you're riding on that subway that crashes, <laughs> but you're not one of the people that gets killed, winner or loser? Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like one of those episodes where you have to drink your own pee or something. <laughs> yeah. On Survivor, I, I don't know. Yeah, you have, survive. you have to survive. A, well, it sounds more like Fear Factor there. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all right, well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, losers, I, I, I succumb. Like, I, I'd say all the ones you mentioned are definite losers. <laughs> um, You're not going to make the case that the, the French cop that got shot in the face was secretly a winner? <laughs> Because he got to go to heaven or something? <laughs> yeah. What's the argument? He quit on a high note. It's a tough one. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, probably sucked anyways. <laughs> wow. It didn't look very good. Oh, I like baguette. Come on. I don't know about that baguette, but I like baguette. It's, it's delicious bread. What do you got against a baguette? Uh, if you don't like this podcast, you can send James some baguettes. <laughs> Yeah, send a baguette, uh, let me know, Meat will bring his gun and he'll shoot me in the face. <laughs> Take a bite. Wow. <laughs> Apparently he really doesn't want to eat the baguettes. You can throw them out in the trash or just give them to me when I visit you next. Actually, I also like baguettes. So. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, <clears throat> so baguettes, winner. Baguettes, winner. There we go, baguette gets eaten by a bad guy. <laughs> All right, I think we're 
we're beyond the discussion F winners <laughs> at this point. Yeah, unless you have anything to toss in. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I would say this is a good movie. I recommend it. Would you recommend it too? Definitely. Uh, I wanted to watch this movie with my dad, but uh, we couldn't align our times. So he probably has watched it now, so I'll, I'll talk to him and see what he, what he thinks of it. Yeah, we'll get the update from Mead's dad that you undoubtedly been waiting for on the uh, next episode we'll let you know how you like French Connection I don't think anybody's gonna get the update maybe you will know <laughs> yeah yes but we're not maybe I will yeah would you watch other films by this director I mean knowing Exorcist and stuff yes I it, but it sounds like you can't just expect the the same the same yeah and and that's good and bad depends like I would have loved to see this director do maybe one or two of the same kind of the way Tarantino has done like you know uh, not quite the same but like Inglorious Bastards and then uh, Django and it's not quite the same but similar well interestingly he has done one film that I didn't mention that is considered one of his best films that is uh, considered to be one of the prototypical LA cop movies to live and die in LA so oh okay so there is one other film but we yes. might we might have that to look forward to in some point in the future then. Yeah, maybe we will. I, I also enjoyed that film too. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in to uh, this meandering episode of uh, Category 3 Podcast. Let us know uh, how you, uh, if, if baguettes are really a winner or a loser, <laughs> um, if you would like to be on that subway scene or not uh, and just uh, witness it, or if you would rather just be uh, uh, safely watching from the site. Probably um, on their couches and with with DVD and their DVD player or whatever we watch it with now. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime or <laughs> Netflix or whatever. Yeah, you might need to get some PT if you're actually on the subway. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. Thanks. Thanks.